Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Game Master, Candice, and I am here with... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the playful tiefling. <laughs> I'm Dan, I play uh, Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly world-weary druid. Uh, I'm Jarrell, the wide-eyed elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the stoic half-elven ranger. Our heroes are navigating the city of Mether, trying to uncover its secrets as well as their own. When last we left our heroes, they had found their way into... No, they're not really sure where they are, but it's this big expanse that goes from morning to night, all in one sky, with a giant tree that seems to have all four seasons at once upon its branches. What would y'all like to do? A ribbit. <laughs> Aww. Tim <laughs> is still holding on to Frog Cyrus. I think he's he's riding her horns. Mm-hmm. She's still a little bit worse for wear after the battle up above or wherever they were in the forest before, but she's just marveling at this beautiful vision. As Arden is going around the tree a bit, examining it and examining the broken spell circle around it, he looks over at Jarrell and as they were talking about the spell circles before, he kind of says, actually, um, when I look at this more, I think it might have something to do with something else in the book. The author posited that it was the something called the Old Wild, and I know about as much about that as you do, but... Apparently, it's somewhat like the Feywild, but made of the leftover magic from the creation of, well, everything else. Fascinating. Cyrus turns to Vim with a confused frog face. Vim looks up at Cyrus and goes, Arnon, the the Feywild, the Old Wild. I mean, I've never heard about any Old Wild, but the Feywild's a fairy tale, right? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and Jarell looks kind of questioningly at Arden, I think we might be there right now. If... Oh yes, um, and probably when we encountered that thing up above as well. So we're inside of a fairy tale. Perhaps we all passed out in the real forest and this is some collective dream we're having together? Mm, seems unlikely. I think it's quite real. Fascinating, isn't it? Jarrell looks kind of excited. Um, they sort of look from Cyrus to Arden to the tree and back to Cyrus and they kind of tap their finger on their chin. Well, I don't know that it'll be very easy to get back the way we came um, if that thing comes back, and um, I don't really know how else we would get here, but this seems like a very good opportunity, Arden, to, to maybe explore a little more of what's going on with Marin and your strange possession dreams or whatever, and and all of that. But I don't want to... They look at Cyrus again. Cyrus, will you be all right if we stay here for a little while? Um, do you need to rest, or should we see if we can get you some medical attention? Maybe you want to rib it once for yes and twice for no? Rib it! That was emphatic. Are you quite sure? <laughs> I'll hold on to Cyrus. I'm, uh, I've done better myself, but yeah, I, I think he's right. I, we'll, we'll be okay here for as long as y'all need, so long as no other freaky face monsters show up again. Uh, yes. Jarrell, like, wipes some crusted blood off their forehead and looks at Arden. Do you think we'll be all right here for a little while? Or, I mean, you did mention it can be quite dangerous. I'm actually surprised. This tree looks remarkably healthy. I would have thought that this is what Marin was drawing her power off of, but it looks like maybe it's something else. Maybe there's just more than one tree in the Feywild? This is quite clearly a special tree. Well, it is quite magnificent, I agree. Uh, but Cyrus, you must let us know if you decide that 
you are not feeling well or, or need to go find a doctor, all right? You must let us know right away. Ribbit. If he needs medical attention, I can give some to him. And then Cyrus starts puckering his frog lips. <laughs> not that kind. Of, that That isn't even medical attention. I can give him first aid and such. Well, all right then. Uh, and Jarrell goes sort of uh, trundling over to the tree. How broken up is the ground? Like, is it just cracked or is it like broken up in kind of jagged terrain? The ground is very smooth. It's uh, almost like compacted dirt. Uh, so there's like a few tufts of grass every now and then, but it's mostly very smooth and very hard with this ink on top of it. And the grass ranges from like a really healthy green to kind of a gray and dead looking color. When you get closer to the tree, um, presumably both Jarell and Arden are getting closer to the tree. I mean, yes, Arden is going to take a closer look at the tree. I'm not going too close yet. I'm more skirting around the circle and looking at it first. Okay. Arden, as you're getting closer to the tree, you're noticing that the grass is consistently more dead looking the closer you get to the base of the tree. And when you get up to the tree, what you had thought from a distance looked like a kind of a healthy brownish bark color is more of an ashen color, which doesn't seem healthy to you. Also, you can start to feel just a very soft heartbeat sound. It's very, very soft and it's very, very faint and the beats are very few and far between. Well, I uh, take back what I said about this tree seeming remarkably healthy. Arden is going to make his way over to the winter portion of the tree and like actually put his hand and head up against it and listen. When you make contact with the tree, that very faint, slow heartbeat rings even more directly into your mind. And you discover that the surface of the tree is malleable in that way that mud is malleable. Your fingers kind of sink in to it, even under that gentle touch. And then when you pull them back, parts of the bark slurp back with your fingertips. Jarrell is skirting around the circle and kind of looking out across the circle and trying to get a sense of the pattern. Mm -hmm. Do I recognize it? I believe you looked at the book that Arden picked up from N's place as well. Mm -hmm. And so you would remember the general stylistic choices of the magic circle are the same as the ones in the book. What about Marin's circle? Similar as well. Okay. Jarrell crouches down and I want to find a patch where the ink is like thicker. Mm -hmm. um, I take out my pen knife and Jarrell wants to see if they can like scrape a little bit of it up on a knife. Okay. And what you find is that there is a crusted film on the top. And so when you scrape into it, it's like you're scraping a half-dried blob of glue. Jarrell accidentally like rips through that top film and you get like the film, but also a gloop of it attached to the hard stuff on top. You just opened a, a scab. Jarrell grins a little um, and they kind of look around. Jarrell takes this kind of scrape bit of, of magic maple syrup and Marin mentioned to them that it's like basically a universal reagent. And they found this very intriguing. So they put their hand on the ground and they want to use this knife full of goop to try to cast light on the ground to see what happens. Are we all going to blow up now? <laughs> <laughs> Is only Jarell going to blow up now? Jarell's rest deprived. They're not thinking very straight. They're just very excited. Oh yeah, you do have a level of exhaustion. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Roll an Arcana check for me. 
13. Okay. Jarrell puts their hand to the ground, casts the spell with the incantation directing the energy at the glob of something on the penknife. The glob dries up all at once and then flash powders out of existence. Like it lights up for just half a second. And then that same bright light lights up a circle in the ground 10 feet around you. The light is very bright. Jarrell kind of flinches and falls back on their ass. They are like laughing gleefully. This is a good result in their mind. As Jarrell falls back, you see the ground translucent underneath that circle of light. And you can see that whatever place you're in also goes down seemingly infinitely. You mean I can like see through the ground? It's like you're looking through muddy pond water. Jarrell sort of clambers to their feet and spins in a circle, sort of looking at what they've created, uh, kind of chuckling to themselves, and then notices this effect. And then Ben's a little like squinting against this bright light and trying to discern, like, can I like see anything down there? Like, is there movement or shapes? Or is it just like a sense that the light is like filtering down through the ground? Jarrell can see vague shapes in the distance, but nothing is moving. Oh my goodness, this is, that, that is really something else. They, <laughs> they kind of wave their hand uh, and dismiss the spell. Um, and they scrape up another slightly bigger chunk of this goo. And they're trying not to step on it, but they kind of go hopping over the cracks and the lines to join Arden by the tree. As Jarell is doing all of that, he wants to sort of see if he can find out uh, this sort of unhealthy look to the grass and the like. Is it clear whether it's progressing or does the wilted grass look like old and just like, like it's been like that forever? You know, how you can tell when a tree has been dead for like a couple of years versus when it's just really unhealthy and dying? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you don't need to roll for that because that would be something Arden would know. And yes, it does look like it's progressing. Okay. As Jarrell walks up, he, he's like, so uh, did you find out anything useful? Is that stuff the same as whatever Marin was extracting in the lab? Well, it certainly has the properties I would expect from it. It seems like really quite a remarkable substance. Jarrell is just, like, really excited right now. Um, they come up right up to the tree, and they pull out their monocle. We'll see if this works. Um, usually it's pretty expensive to, to try this. The accountants get all upset. But, um, and they go ahead and try to identify uh, using this stuff. Normally this would take, like, a pearl worth 100 GP. Cast identify on the tree. Yeah. Yeah, once Arden notices Jarrell starting to cast a spell, he takes... A quick few steps back <laughs> away from Jarrell. And Vim takes a few steps closer. <laughs> Vim has been watching pretty closely. She's she's kind of, you know, checking on that the weight of Frog Cyrus on her head, kind of constantly making sure he's still there, he hasn't fallen off, he's doing fine. And when she sees that burst of light um, first emerge from kind of Jarrell's hand and then in, in this large circle, she, I think, startles because she's a, a little bit on edge right now. And at, at first she wants to like run to Jarrell and ask if they're okay, but... I mean, light just exploding from the ground unexpectedly would probably be my cause for concern. <laughs> right, it's no good. Um, so far, this place has been pretty no good. So so I think uh, Vim starts and, and she moves a little bit closer, but then sees Drell is okay and Drell seems to have that spark in their eye, but she's like progressively getting closer and closer to, to where some of the magical action is happening as if she has any way of protecting someone from it. This also, I'm just realizing I would have to cast this as a ritual, so it probably takes me a minute. 
some like, I don't know, maybe doodling a little design around the edges of the monocle very, very carefully with this stuff. Arden looks lost in thought and sort of talking half to Jarell, half to everybody else there and half to himself for 150% talking. Um, apparently he's <laughs> like, well, this does seem like it's likely the tree that Marin is tapping things from, but where is the tap? How is she? He seems lost as to like where, because he's convinced now that this is sort of the power source Marin is using, but there appears to be more than just here, but he thought they were already in the Feywild, so he's just trying to look around to see if he can figure out where Marin's circle would be. Well, Jarrell seems kind of distracted as they're sort of... As they're concentrating on something else entirely. Yeah, as this extremely tiny um, ritual circle on their monocle. Um, well, you know, perhaps it's just not easily visible. Like, there might be an illusion on it, or perhaps it's a device that she brings with her, or perhaps it's not immediately visible. You know, maybe it's farther up inside the tree, or up. maybe she climbs a bit for something, or maybe it's underground. Um who knows? She didn't really say. She just indicated. It, it really sounded like she was describing maple tapping, but I might have inferred too much. And they just kind of ramble <laughs> as they're doodling this out. Jarell finishes scribing the spell circle around their monocle and leans close against the tree. And you also realize that the surface of this tree is malleable. Oh, they totally yank their hand away and are like, ugh, did something smear off on me? Gross. And then I think if they see that it didn't, they like gingerly put their hand back on. And now that you are close to the tree and have your hand and your focus on it, you also hear that faint heartbeat. I'm reasonably certain that's not normal. Although... It's a special tree, then. Yes, and it's a special tree that is dying. Jarell chants the incantation for identify. Go ahead and roll Arcana. Shit. Come on, dice. I've got my new. I've got new golden meal dice. Hoping they'll treat me well. They're very pretty. Well, thirteen again. Hey. That last episode, you would have rolled at least four nat ones by then. So. <laughs> That's accurate. So the first thing you get is you figure out that this is magical, but it's not a magic item in that sort of way that needs attunement or has charges or anything like that, which you were pretty much expecting. You can then further tell that... Even though this looks like a plant, the reading you're getting is creature. And that creature has several spells acting on it, but there's enough spells and the strength of those spells is such that you just can't kind of make heads or tails from all of the signals that you're getting. So I feel like as they're looking through their monocle, what they see is almost like these tracings of light, like around the tree and like all these different colors. There's just tons of these like networked tendrils that are so tangled up in each other that it just reads as noise. Yeah. Can I at least tell like what kinds of spells they are? Abjuration, divination, illusion, and transmutation. Oh, so it's the same as above, actually. Correct. Well, I'm not certain what you were looking at earlier, but it seems like there might be the same sort of network of spells that, that you saw on the house might be acting upon this creature as well. Um, there's a lot going on. They're kind of like turning their head this way and that and kind of squinting through their monocle as they try to like parse what they're reading and it, it's just not coming together. Um, is it obvious at all like whether these these different spells come from the tree versus having been put on the tree by external forces? Like, are they inherent characteristics of the tree or are they spells that have been cast on the tree? That was about to be my next question. Good question. The inherent characteristics of the tree are transmutation and abjuration. 
divination and illusion seems to be the ones that are cast on it. It seems as though um, the sort of transmutational and adjurative elements of, of the magic here are, are maybe belong to this creature, um, but the, some of the other things, the, the divination and the illusion, all the sort of more floaty things seem to maybe have been cast on it um, externally. Is, is sort of um, kind of inherent magicality uh, pretty pretty native to the Feywild? They look at Arden questioningly. I'm not sure how to answer your question exactly. I mean, you keep calling the tree a creature, for one. Oh, yes. They kind of pull their monocle out of their eye and kind of shake it a little. It certainly seems that way. It sort of has that flavor to it, you know? And, I mean, the heartbeat also seems very non-tree-like. Ribbit, ribbit! Cyrus points at the tree and starts patting Vim's head like a kind of like whipping a horse. Ribbit! <laughs> Cyrus, do you do you need a doctor? <laughs> uh, yeah, buddy. No, I I got gotcha. you. I'm talking on he... your hair now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has something to say, and she'll start walking in the direction that she's being steered, like Ratatouille style. <laughs> When you get about 30 feet from the tree, both you and Vim start feeling that faint, slow heartbeat in the back of your head. Oh, that's kind of, it's uncomfortable in a way, but also, I don't know, it's like familiar, like my own heartbeat. This place is wild. It's neat, right? I begin clamoring down your head onto your face and tr- trying to get <laughs> okay, your hands. Yeah, no, no, yeah. And she'll she'll pull up her hands. Okay, I know I got you, buddy. Where do you want to go? My legs are just kicking your lips right now. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. I think there's a mushroom in my mouth. <laughs> I plop into your hands on my back. Try to, like, flop over on my right side. <laughs> I just keep like pointing at the tree to get closer. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. She just says to the best of her ability while spitting frog shrooms out of her mouth is <laughs> is going for Cyrus commands. I would say probably like right before you get there, I'm still saying ribbit, ribbit. and then all of a sudden, poof. <laughs> you're hold, you're holding a a nearly disemboweled old man. <laughs> Cyrus, <laughs> a, a nearly disemboweled naked and old naked man. man. Yeah, how naked is he? Oh, <laughs> like the whole way? I'm like, yeah, I don't have any clothes on. Naked, <laughs> naked and exposed down to the bowels. I would not say. I think the gaping wounds are probably a little more shocking than your penis. It's, in not, this it's nothing you guys haven't seen before. <laughs> the ribbit turns and ow, it's like ribbit. And I'm just like crutching my gut. As horrifying as that is, imagining a, a healthy frog morphing into a disemboweled old man, like the stomach slowly opening up is probably something a little bit different than any of us have seen before. It's also pretty bad to me and my yeah. brain. Yeah. Especially <laughs> Vim, who is currently holding the... Oh, God. Vim's- oh. Stop oh, moving Cyrus. right now! Stay still! Yeah. Every every step is killing me! Oh, okay. Um, oh, no. Hold on. And I pull my, my hand into my armpits, and I pull out some porcinis. Oh, porcini! And I put them in the wound. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Arden looks, like, horrified for a second as you're jamming these mushrooms into your wound, and, you know, then he's probably like, wait, wait that's actually working I'm dropping some of them so it's like a really frail attempt ooh I healed 10 (laughs) I had just enough yeah yeah exactly Martin's like that's probably not a oh wait wait no that that looks that looks good okay (laughs) I mean it doesn't look good it looks really disgusting so Cyrus is jamming those mushrooms in and at the same time he's doing that, the wound starts to, like, knit closed on top of the mushrooms. And you're like, oh god, that can't be. 
Oh, oh no, Arden's like, well, if the wound is closing, that's, you know, a step in the right direction, even if, <laughs> even if, oh God, that's, that's kind of horrifying. I mean, they are always growing out of him, so it's probably okay, right? <laughs> oh God, Osiris, and she'll very gently, like, lower him to the ground. How tall is Cyrus? Uh, he's like five foot nothing. I don't know if I ever clarified. Oh, what that we're means. like the same height. Yeah, Jarrell starts we're unbuttoning their tunic. So they're down to a shirt and suspenders and they like throw it out around your shoulders so that you're not completely just like naked in the Feywild. What is a tunic exactly? Well, it's not exactly a tunic, Jarrell. It's like I draw them. It's kind of like a vest, but it's longer and it buttons up the front. All right, so we're like so it's this. like maybe like maybe mini skirt length. <laughs> I look like a really ugly golden heel uncle. Cyrus, <laughs> <laughs> so are you sure that you should stay here? Are you sure you're going to be alright? Oh, the adrenaline's gone and everything hurts. Oh, can you maybe become a frog again? That seemed to help. <gasps> I was a frog. Oh shit! And I look at my arms and I start busting out in hives. <laughs> I'm allergic to poly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you only react when you remembered? <laughs> That's magic! I lied, you you were a ferret? Yes, yes, you were a ferret, which you are not allergic to. My rash is getting worse. You're a liar! Forgive me for saying so, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I, it seems to me this might be psychosomatic, just based on the timing. <laughs> uh, psychosomatic or not, Arden pulls out some, you know, stinging anti-histamine herbs from his own herbalism kit and starts walking over towards My eyes get really big, like, what are you doing? I'm better now, look at me! And I get up, uh, and I start tapping my foot. See, I'm dancing out, and I'm good. Joe clings to your arm just in case you try to escape. You look better than you did before, but this kind of this kind of mess needs to be dealt with quickly. Vim, As cut him down! Like gets a patch from his herbalism kit, starts smearing the herbs on it, and then just slaps it down on Cyrus's arms where he's breaking out <laughs> in hives. <laughs> Court, take me! If you pass out, it will make this easier. Now lay down so we can bandage up wait. your wounds, too. <laughs> wait, wait, I, as a frog, I can comprehend, but I know what to do. About what? About trees, you dum-dums. Well, I, it's not actually a tree, it just looks like one. But... Wait, it isn't a tree. Well, you are a druid, so... And it actually might be a tree. It's I, sort of a tree, but it's definitely not a plant. I know all about plants. I can heal any plant, and I belly crawl over to the tree. That's not to say magical healing won't work on it. Um, belly crawl? Wait, you shouldn't be belly crawling anywhere, Cyrus. You stay here. Also, Arden has bandages out and at the ready as if, like, almost threateningly waiting to see what Cyrus's next move is. Uh, look, I'm... Cyrus, the tree will still be here in five minutes. Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. Yes, Arden's bedside manner is uh, is about that of a military sergeant with absolutely no medical training. But lots of stinging nettles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you'll survive as long as you let me finish up. <laughs> I wish that monster had killed me. <laughs> You'll be fine, Cyrus. Now, what were you saying about the sort of not a tree? Well, I've seen my fair fair share of dead trees, dying trees, and well, I am that's kind of my, my thing. That was my job. I was a gardener. Have you ever had a plant with a heartbeat? They um, kind of like guide your hand to the tree so you can feel it better. No, I've never had a, a plant with a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> well, it's better than nothing, all right? Let me pretend to be useful. I go over and I, I start examining the bark. Is is it like... You did stick your hand into the creature, right? Oh, yeah, I was deep inside. Oh, yeah, both him and Vim. Yeah, so when you put your hand to the tree, Cyrus, you get even like less resistance than you got from the creature and your fingertips sink about an inch and a half into it before you kind of realize what's happening. And then you're able to just like your hand back out and like little drops of the tree kind of follow. Well, I think they're overwatering this plant. And I shake the mud <laughs> off. 
I mean, maybe this is a, an odd idea, but um, maybe she doesn't need a tap because you can just sort of. And they, Jarell's gonna very carefully try to slowly like scoop a chunk of the tree out with just their hands. Jarell puts their hand up to the second knuckle into the tree and tries to scoop out. It scoops in that sort of way that mud does as you pull it away from the tree. But it's not that black goo at all. It's the same ashen color that the bark is. Jarell is making this like horrible grimace, like both like, well, this is kind of cool, but also like I might throw up. Arden is kind of <laughs> nodding as, as Jarell is doing this. And he says, uh, yes, I, you said also that she had tubes. She had some other tool that is used to store it. Yes. These containment devices. Um, is there just like a glob of tree in my hand? Oh, bad. There is a glob of tree in your hand. And you know that way when you have a magnet in one hand and then the opposite side of the magnet on the other side of your hand and you can feel the two magnets trying to touch again? Oh yeah, Jarell is like tries to squish the tree glob back against the main trunk like I don't want this anymore. <laughs> you successfully <laughs> squished the tree back together. Um, yes, yes, uh, they were glass canisters about this size, and they kind of indicate with their hands. And they have these sort of um, bases on either end, uh, made of, uh, what was it, I believe, cold iron coated in lead? Um, I haven't got anything like that on me at the moment. Unless you have any cold iron, they kind of look dubiously at them. Uh, unfortunately, any cold iron I might have, and she's actually like... Looking up at the sky, trying to think, do I have any cold iron? Maybe. <laughs> Anyways. a lot of shit. <laughs> it'll be at my home. Though, I mean, honestly, are y'all are you, are you really, really sure we're not in some terrible dream? Because trees shouldn't be gloopy. Don't be silly, Vim. I don't dream. I can confirm whether or not this is a tree with 100% certainty. If you all zip it for just one minute, because then I'm looking directly at Jarrell. I need you to be quiet for a moment, please. Jarrell scowls and sticks her tongue at you. <laughs> all right. Cyrus sits crisscross applesauce uh, back to the tree, closes his eyes, tries to give himself as much sensory deprivation as possible, mutters some druidic, and casts locate plant or animal. I'm going to try to locate this tree and see if it pings off a spell I've used countless times to locate other plants. While you're doing this, Jarell is almost with like horrified fascination, kind of like poking the tree again, like they can't help themselves. <laughs> Even though they're super grossed out by its consistency. Arden as an aside says, you could probably climb it pretty easily. It, there's no lack of handholds since you can kind of reach into it. Oh. <laughs> Cyrus turns back and gives another Trying to listen for the tree. Cyrus is sitting quietly listening for the tree. Instead of getting the plant ping that you're used to feeling, mm -hmm. you get creature hmm. directly behind you and directly under you. Presumably the root system of whatever this is. Also, you know that your spell has a physical limit of five miles and you don't get any other pings. But at the same time, you can tell this ping is out there somewhere. As you're noticing this, Jarrell is saying to Arden, well, you've already seen what my tree climbing skills are like. I guess you weren't very good at the quiet game as a child, were you, Jarrell? <laughs> I don't think anyone in my family has ever been quiet in their lives. No. Um, is this helping at all? Are you? Yes. Cyrus gets up and faces the group. All right. Well, gang, Jarrell's kind of right. I hate to admit it, but this is not... Drop us, Mom. <laughs> it's not like any other tree I've ever listened to. That heartbeat that we've been hearing, it's, it's more creature than tree. So I guess I'm not going to prune the branches or try to heal it. Well, actually, I will try to heal it. Let's see if that does anything. I cast healing, healing word on it. Oh, use that, um, 
they kind of point at like a little blob of the gunk nearby. <laughs> you want me to use brown stuff? Oh, it's really marvelous, didn't you see? It, it works for everything. I grab some brown stuff and I smell it. What's the smell like, Candace? It <laughs> it smells like freshly laid tar. All right. Well, instead of uh, porcini mushrooms from my other armpit, I grab this goop and I go and just sort of like start finger painting on the tree with it and mutter some druidic and try to healing word with this. Roll how much you heal. Oh, not, not a great. I heal uh, four. Uh, okay. Half a second after you cast Healing Word, you realize that you didn't actually need any material components for it. <laughs> and so briefly, that design that you've drawn glows, but it doesn't dissolve into the air. And instead, it sinks into the tree. Impressed nonetheless, he's like, wow, this stuff is pretty cool. It glowed. I want some of this. And I run back and I start scooping some up to put in my component pouch, my one possession. Well, did it work? You realize that you're probably playing around with the literal lifeblood of a living, you know, creature, tree, right? So long as it's not a plant, it's not a tree. We've We've already determined that. But it is still a living thing, has a heartbeat. How do you know this isn't causing the problems? It could be my overwatering hypothesis. What if all this this goo is poisoning the tree? Bad irrigation. We should scoop all the water out and give it some fresh water. Mm, I believe that the problems with the expansion of the unsafe zone corresponds to about when Marin started extracting this stuff from, well, I would say probably this tree, right? Well, mm. I mean, she did talk about a tree, and... Do you think that maybe it gets sicker every time more stuff is taken away from it? I would think that that seems likely. Like, maybe it's reaching out for the parts of it that have been taken away, like they're still connected? I think that what Marin has been taking is its very essence. I suspect that this tree is more or less a manifestation of the Feywild in this area. Uh, it might be a manifestation of something even older, but at the very least, the Feywild in this area. If what Marin is taking and using is its essence, then it can't really be separated from it. If your arm were lopped off and carried across town, it would still be your arm. It wouldn't cease to be that. Drell looks like they've been told that the toy that they wanted for Christmas is not going to be arriving. Um, and, and they say, well, do you think, well, perhaps maybe it self-replenishes like that? Perhaps over a very long time. Um, however, if you'll notice that the grass around it is dying and the rotting dead look is progressing, not receding would imply that at very least it doesn't replenish as quickly as Marin is taking it. Well, what's this Marin business? This person I've heard you guys talk about, you're saying she is killing this tree by taking goop? Well, yes, that's the, the mission um, that she that I was telling you she wanted us to, to help her with. She's been retrieving these sort of canisters of gross maple syrup stuff and this marvelous magic stuff and um, using it, I believe they're using it to heat the city up. She's mentioned that she has other ideas in mind for its applications, which sounds quite fascinating actually, but it does seem to be having some adverse side effects. Is she getting the goop from this tree? Well, there does seem to be some dimensional jankery going on. Um, And they're kind of looking kind of like, ah, at Arden. I mean, I would guess that it is from this tree, but you know, the way that Jarell says that Marin described it, I can't actually tell for sure. I expected, well, I expected different magic circles for one than this one. Uh, newer ones, perhaps some other signs that somebody other than us had been here recently, but other than the health of the tree, I can't really tell. 
Well, I mean, speaking of, I mean, this circle is broken. It's not entirely clear to me what it does, Arden, but something must have caused this, right? I think that this circle is probably far older than the ones that Marin has been using and was perhaps an initial attempt to manifest something of an older power. Can I roll an Arcana check quickly to see if I can bullshit something? Yes. And can I roll something to look at? Drell crouches down and looks at like the cracks in the ground and stuff. And basically what they're looking for is do the cracks seem like fresh and like still sharp at their edges or are they like eroded down and seem older? Like, does it seem like this happened recently? Roll um, either intelligence or nature. Jarrell. I rolled a 19. Uh, 14 on my nature check. Jarrell, you're, you're thinking it might have been a couple of years you see both really old cracks in the ground that have like eroded and have like grass growing up back through them and ones that are very clearly going through patches of grass that have been there. So does it seem like this has happened cyclically? Like the ground has been broken many times over time? Yes. Uh, Jarrell points this out to Arden that it seems like this it seems like this has been going on for some time this this sort of disruption so it does seem like the circle must be older but Marin has been around for a few years so Arden with your arcana check between what you've read in the book that you have and what you're seeing here you're guessing this particular circle is drawing on power from somewhere teleportation and blocking something from happening hmm. Yikes. Yeah, so Arden looks at Jarell and says I think that this circle is as you noted quite a bit older than what Marin has been doing it's it wasn't a good theory but I believe that they were trying to use it to draw on something even older than probably all of creation. That's what the conjuring was for. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they were trying to do with the transmutation, but with the abjuration, they were trying to probably block out getting what they didn't want. Wait, wait, wait. So it's kind of like how we summoned uh, that gazer. This is all for like a summoning ritual? Right. And you could say that... uh, Perhaps if instead of summoning the gazer, you had merely been trying to summon its power. So you used your conjuration, your circles, to try to bring along the arcane energy that it possesses without actually letting its body pass through. So do you think this is sort of, um, that this creature, they gesture to the tree, is just a piece of something sort of um, being pulled through by the circle, or...? The one in the book didn't work, but this one may have. Um, Either way, I'm not sure if this tree is what they brought over precisely. Well, and I suppose that's what I'm asking is, do you think that the tree was here already, and someone put this circle around it to draw something through it, or do you think that the circle pulled through the tree? The former seems more likely to me immediately, though I suppose it could have gone either way. Jarrell and Arden both roll Arcana. Eight. <laughs> uh, 23. Here is where Arden's actual knowledge of this kind of thing ends. He's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Jarrell knows about this. I'm about to find out. Jarrell, <laughs> if you had to hazard a guess... You would think the spell came before the tree. Transdimensional summonings and, and whatnot are really not my wheelhouse, but I think it's possible at least that this this creature is, that this is not its natural form or that this is not its original placement and that perhaps, well, you, you mentioned that perhaps it's a manifestation in uh, of the Feywild in, in, this, in this geographic area and perhaps this circle caused that manifestation artificially and sort of brought it through. Then 
Perhaps I'm mistaken about it being the Feywild. It's because I'm sure that this circle is not meant to drop the Feywild. It is meant to drop something a little bit different. Let's speak in layman's terms. Jarell, are you saying this circle is a flame and that tree is a moth? Is that what's happening here? Um, perhaps, or more that the circle is a needle and the tree is a thread that got pulled through the fabric into, well, our side. Or perhaps the circle is a cage and the tree is trapped inside it? Well, the circle is clearly broken. Hmm. So, Arden, can I keep this goop or not? Is that uh, we've we've so many? What's we don't know what's hurting the tree. Are you sure this is going to hurt it if I take some of this? Oh, I doubt it will. That goop has already been removed. Um, yes, yes. I'm I not sure it's something that can be so easily returned. So, any canisters that have already been drawn are probably. Drill's entire expression is it's free real estate, right? are probably the results of the most sinister of crimes. Yes, that's true. Look, if you stumble upon a dead unicorn, you're not the one who killed it, but who's to say we can't take the horn? Leaving it in the cabinet won't really undo the sinisterness. Anyway, we can discuss this later. Um, for the meantime, is there really anything else that we can figure out now? Yes. Sort of... And I pull out my trusty component patch. Vim, you're a lifesaver. And I grab a U-leaf and I cut a little slit in it. And I do that Cyrus trademark, blow on the leaf like a kid. <laughs> no. And I am casting uh, my very last spell slot. Uh, detect poison or disease. Oh, that's good thinking. Ooh. First, did you take goo, Cyrus? Yeah, I just like grabbed okay. a, a dollop of it and threw it in my pouch. You don't detect any poison or disease in the immediate area. And furthermore, you don't detect that there's anything that poison or disease could affect in the immediate 30-foot area. We all became immune to poison and disease. Awesome. Well, yeah. I'm writing that down on my character sheet. <laughs> gotcha. Save for all of you. Huh. Well, gang, <laughs> I think I, this druid, this humble druid might be out of his element here. Um, it's not diseased, and I don't think it can be. So I think we're going to cross off poison and disease as a cause for its dying, and we'll go with Arden's theories of environment and perhaps this this Marin character. Sort of magical anemia of a sort. Well, at least we know there's nothing I can cure, so hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Jarrell looks at Arden and is like, um, let me double check that I still actually have a spell slot for this. While you're looking that up, Cyrus will go over to Vim and say, All right, Vim, where's the rest of my stuff? (laughs) Um, uh, So your stuff is... You got my healer's kit? Uh, You know what? I do have that. And, uh... um, Oh, this is an herbalism kit. Oh. Well, I... Okay. (laughs) So... Everything was happening really fast, and I grabbed you, and... Practice sword. Did you get that? My trusty weapon. And Vim kind of, like, looks down for a second. Oh, Cyrus, I'm so sorry. I I only grabbed this. That's all right, Vim. I reach up to pat her on the shoulder. You'll just have to owe me. I'm all right with that. <laughs> you saved my life in this... Girl flicks your ear really hard. (laughs) All your entrails. Vim's a sucker. (laughs) We'll go shopping later. (laughs) How is this person who is about to introduce loot boxes to Mithrin a sucker for owing Cyrus? Because she's got a soft heart. This is how she got herself into her bad, bad trouble. (laughs) She can't say no. Cyrus, I'm just glad you pulled through gonna take a lot more than a a weird monster to kill me what was that thing anyway was like made out of pudding we both got stuck in it 
looked I, like that tree, but it wasn't the tree. I think it might sort of be the tree, or part of the tree, or an extension of the tree. Jarrell's kind of <gasps> waving their hand in a sort of kind of way. I think it's an extension of what the tree was before it got pulled through to this side, if you're correct, and that is actually what happened. Hmm. Well, when we defeated it, did we kill it, or is it just like... Oh, no. Huh. This is really confusing. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely still there. And also very violent. (laughs) I could do with the confusing if it weren't for the violence. (laughs) Oh, wow. Your pajamas are... I was, you know... I was planning on talking to Jarell about that one a little bit later. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll get to that. Yeah, you're the best dry cleaner I've ever known. Jarell looks like they don't know how to react to that. Like, <laughs> And then him winks. And then looks to Cyrus. You know, if there's a chance we could go get your stuff back, but... I don't know if that's a good idea. I think it's best you just owe me, Vim. Especially because, as Arden pointed out, we might have already been in the Feywild when we encountered that thing. I do hope Dark Shadow is okay. Looks like fate has brought us together on another quest. First, we solved the murder of a halfling girl. Now, we're going to solve the the murder, the attempted murder of a tree. I don't know that I would call it a quest, per se. It's just a side project. But it is riveting. <laughs> so bad. I wish Cyrus was still a frog. <laughs> a rabbit. <laughs> well, gang, are we done investigating the tree? Do we? I actually have an idea, or actually, I have two ideas, or a- actually, I have three ideas. Um. <laughs> Dan's giving me this look. Dan and Cyrus both scowl at Nikki and Jarrell. What? Oh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get back to this thing. So. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, I mean, we could try asking the tree what's going on. They're looking at Arden sort of for a reaction. Are you capable of talking to trees? Well, it's not really a plant, right? It's, it's a creature, and so I could try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You could call that creature, which is almost certainly roaming outside onto us again. No, by all means. It's worth a shot. It does seem worth a shot. We got here by some weird happenstance, and I don't know if we'd be able to get back here. Yeah, I think we should try anything we can think of while we're here, because I don't really want to come back through the forest, frankly, Arden, uh, no matter what's going on. And the last time I was here, I couldn't actually get through the door, so... And this time I suspect that, in a very real way, we were called here. The last time I was here, when we were in the forest on, what was it, the second day we were here, third day we were here, I used that song that we heard to find this cabin. It got louder as we got closer. This time I figured that if it's louder, the closer we get, the it'll be quieter the further away we get. And so I used the same thing to try to get us out. And that's how we got in. You're like a bat, tracking things with sound. Very cool, Arden. Which actually brings me to my second idea. (laughs) (laughs) Let me do this really quickly. Um, I want to go ahead and try to cast Detect Thoughts on the tree. So they carefully put their hand on the gross, muddy tree um, and uh, adjust their monocle and cast Detect Thoughts. And they sort of try to probe with their mind to see if they can recognize anything that feels like a fellow mind. Okay. Jarell adjusts the monocle, casts the spell, and just half a second after you open your mind to this tree, you feel this high-pitched tinnitus sound in your mind. And you can tell within that sound is just an immense amount of power to whatever this mind is. And it 
almost immediately gives you a pretty bad headache, similar to the one you immediately got after casting Mind Spike on the creature. Drill kind of like winces, like their head jerks to the side, like, oh shit. Um, And they try to shake it off a little. And it's not that, like, you know that what you're detecting are thoughts, but there's just so many of them that you can't make sense of it. But does it seem like it's, like, definitely, like, a consciousness that I could, in theory, communicate with? Mm-hmm. So they drop detect thoughts and pointing at that same consciousness. Um, they cast message. Hello, um, can you hear me? don't get a response. Jarrell tries again with message, but instead of like words, they try to like basically hum back that tune that's been playing in their head, like the tree song. You don't get a tune back, but you feel an extra heartbeat thump. This would probably occur to Jarrell based on other theories they've already posited. Message can only contact things on the same plane of existence. Gotcha. Um, I'm definitely sensing something, but either it's not able to respond or not inclined to respond, or it, it could be that it's there's a part of it here that we can see, but that it's main... They kind of make a like weird globby gesture, like name consciousness or center of self is not here. Hold on. Um, There's one way to know for sure if a tree doesn't know the answer to something. It's not technically a tree, but what's that? It shrubs. (laughs) (laughs) Impressive. Your thoughts are rather intriguing. Cyrus. Cyrus is also laughing. We, we just can't get to the root of the problem here, Jerome. <laughs> they get that one. This, right, this puzzle is really twisting me up in knots. <laughs> you do seem to be barking up a lot of the wrong trees. <laughs> oh, come on, that was sort of funny. Anyway, pardon. <laughs> Arden is is just kind of staring at the three of them. All right, well, that's out then. Because um, it seems to be singing at us, so I thought maybe if we sang it. They're kind of looking at the expression on Arden's face, and they're like, okay, never mind. My third thought, <laughs> um, there does seem to be a, quite a lot of different spells um, sort of entangled around this. And with some of them being illusions, I wonder if we might get a better sense of the situation if we tried removing one? Ooh. I, yes, I had thought about that, but I'm not sure exactly how to go about it. Though I do think that you may be correct that what the majority of this might be elsewhere on another plane. It's also clear to me that I don't think this is where Marin has been going to perform her task, and so there's probably something else here maybe slightly removed from here. You think there are multiple, um, they make a gesture, like something kind of springing up out of the ground, like multiple outcroppings of well, that's, this I creature? got that impression when I cast a spell. I was thinking multiple planes overlapping mm. here. Interesting. Well, I'll give the illusion thing a shot. Um, it's really more dangerous. They're kind of muttering to themselves. I go ahead and I cast... I don't know how precise I can be with this, Candace, but they're trying to target just the illusion magic, and they cast Dispel Magic. Okay, make an Arcana check. Pretty good. 22. Nice. Whoa, okay. Fuck yeah. And you're targeting the the illusion magic, right? Yeah, so they lift their hands, and they kind of like have their hands like, uh, for a second. And then they almost look like they're trying to pluck threads out of a tapestry and like pull a piece of cloth apart really carefully with their, like with their fingers. Like they're just kind of plucking at the air as they try to tease out this illusion magic. Okay, 
To everyone else in the room, Jarell looks like they are concentrating really hard and plucking things out of the air. Jarell, you immediately feel pushback. Whatever or whoever originally created this place, creature, you're not sure, is very, very powerful. And you immediately feel that with your current resources, you're not able to completely dispel what's going on. But as you're plucking at parts of it, you're able to catch glimpses kind of like you're tearing the top layer of paper off of a painting underneath. You like rip one strip, it tears away part of the sky, and you can see a normal forest canopy above you. You tear away another strip, and you see that the staircase way behind you is a normal staircase leading up into the cabin. You tear away another strip, and you can tell that the cabin is all one piece of a tree like a tree was grown up to look like a cabin and then the illusion magic was put on top of it to make it look like a really old human constructed building and then you pull one more piece of the illusion away and what's revealed behind it is a place that's black and red and has a tree of sorts but you think it looks like it's bubbling. Kind of like a lava tar hell pit. Yeah. And it's really, really disquieting. Uh, does anyone else see these flashes or is it just me? Nope. It's just Jarell. Okay. So Jarell is kind of like, you kind of see their eyes flicking and, and they kind of grin as they think, okay, this might be working. Um, but then they're like yanking harder on these threads as there's like more resistance from the spell. And then they see that flash of like that bubbly lava tar thing and they kind of like startle and drop the spell. Arden, um, I think we need to get out of here. This place is messing with Jarell's mind. They're acting goofy. Oh, let Jarell do their thing. Oh my. Well, I think you're right about the, the interdimensionality thing. There's some sort of... Um, I the, Jarell starts explaining what they see, like these flashes of like, we're still in the forest, but at the same time, there's some other like really horrifying hellscape underneath all of this as well. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. Do you think Whoa. we should... I don't know if I want to stay here any longer. Do you think that's the old wild that, that they were talking about, Martin? Does it look like a crucible of all creation and everything that you know in this world? Joe kind of tips their head and puts their finger on their chin and as they think about, like, what would that look like? <laughs> well, we don't really know. Um, I would think something like that would be more shiny, but... Are you artistic? Can you paint it for us later? I do drafts fairly well, but I'm not very painterly, no. Is there any danger that it's going to explode into where we are right now or that you'll have uh, pulled it over with whatever you were just doing? I mean, it was only really uh, the illusion magic that I was working on. Um, I tried to tear it off and there's quite a lot going on, so I I unfortunately wasn't successful. But, um, I mean, it was only an illusion. Um, Everything I saw is already here. We just can't see it. Which is actually sort of... They kind of edge away from wherever they saw, like that bubbly tar or whatever (laughs) it was like diagonal across the tree so you like saw part of the what you presume was the trunk so did the bubbly stuff look at all like the maple syrup stuff yes okay yes i'm pretty sure it's just totally made of that that stuff that marin is extracting it's not so much extracted as that's just what it is that somehow is totally unsurprising to me. Do you think there's anything more we can do here, though? I think we need to... Well, I'm going to be quite frank with you. Seeing this in person doesn't make me happier with what Marin is doing, and I wasn't particularly happy with what she was doing in the first place. 
I had picked up on that in our conversation with her, yes. So I think we may need to figure out how she's doing it exactly, unless there's something more you think we can do from here. Unfortunately, my expertise in this kind of matter mostly extends to the pontificating and musing and not so much to the actually taking action on this sort of thing. Yes, I think you're right. They sort of look around um, to the horizon. Is there anything else here other than the stairs and that portal spell in the tree? Nope. Kind of side question. There's a fall quadrant of the tree, right? Correct. Are there any fallen leaves on the ground? Yeah. Joe picks one up and sticks it in their pocket. Is it Gooby? (laughs) It's, um, have you ever peeled off acrylic paint from a smooth surface? Oh, that's nice. You know, there's like, there's like stim videos of that. So good. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like that. (laughs) It feels like that. Let's get out of here. This place is creepy. Yeah, I've... I don't feel super comfortable hanging out around dangers I can't see. Oh, it hasn't killed you yet. I mean, literally, this one hasn't killed you yet. Yeah, being the operative word, yes. Though it is rather disquieting, I agree with them. I find it more disquieting that almost all of us have stuck our hands in it. Mm. Well, you know, you do what you must for science. Um, but, <laughs> yes, this whole um, dimensional rift thing is maybe not something we should stick around too long. Yes, so now the question is, which way do we take out? The stairs in the forest or the unknown teleportation circle? I vote for the teleportation circle. <laughs> and I've already stuck my hand in one un- since let's do it twice. Does it look like a pretty standard familiar circle? It does look like a very standard teleportation circle. It also looks like it was written by a different hand than all the other circles. And it also looks much newer. Jarrell, is this the way home? I don't understand your magic ways. Uh, yes. It's it's actually quite straightforward. It's quite a neat thing. All I'm right. an uncle. Goodbye. <laughs> Wait, you have to say where you're going. <laughs> uh oh. Does Cyrus just the least heroic death ever? Yeah, these circles are like ultra dangerous if you don't know like the, the phone number for where you're going. Cyrus is like in step in, a in another here. dimension now. I think just he like just like fell him. into the black space. <laughs> I got another character I can roll up. It's all right. No. That would be very awful if Cyrus just fucking disappeared. We had no I mean, idea. In a way, that would be a wonderful, like, first death for the game. In a way, it would be, like, a horrible first death for the game. I both love it and hate it. So good. <laughs> you all step into the circle to activate it. Jarrell, like, opens their mouth to say where they want to go but then you see the circles runes start to glow and a pillar of light transporter style up from the ground up to your heads and you feel the spell activate all of your visions go white for a second and then when your vision fades back in you are at the edge of the forest Oh, that was nice. I expected death pods. 